Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to see all of y'all this morning. I want to start with Genesis 3. I thought you said this was a Christmas message. Genesis 3, verse 15. Hallelujah. Jesus fulfilled, I don't even know how many prophecies that were spoken about him. And this one was spoken 4,000 years before he ever walked on this earth. But this is the first one. (laughs) And it says in Genesis 3, verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. That's the very first prophecy of Jesus that there's one coming that's going to bruise your head. There's one coming that's going to deliver my people from your captivity. There's one coming that's going to set my people free from the bondage that you have placed them in. (laughs) Woo! Yes, there's praise in the house. Because today we celebrate, we just choose to celebrate the birth of our King. For the Deliverer, for the one who came and set us free. For the one who came and broke the bondages that the enemy has on our life. Hallelujah. We need to stop seeing him as a baby in a manger. (laughs) Woo! Come on, y'all. That ain't who he is. The king of all kings, the king of the universe, chose to bring himself down into the form of a wee babe and place himself in the stomach, in the womb of a virgin little girl. She was probably 12, 13, 14 years old. Is that not crazy? Placed himself in her womb, so that he could be born legally, so that he could take back what Adam gave Satan. (laughs) That's the rest of the Christmas story. (laughs) We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Because, you know, in Isaiah, that was 700 years before Jesus Christ walked on the earth and prophesied about him again. Let's look at it. 
Because you know we got to have scripture. So let's look at it. Isaiah 7, 14. And we're going to go then to 9, 6 and 7. Hey, that's a good preacher on there right there. <laughs> Y'all should listen. Okay, verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now let's go over to 9, 6 and 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder. And I'm going to say this, God does not like politics. He hates politics, but he's all over government. He's all over government. He's all about government. This is a government. We are the governmental voice. Come on, y'all. He's all about government. And the government of the world is on his shoulders. And what are we? His body. It's on me, and it's on you, and we need to start doing our part. Okay, we're talking about Christmas. Whoo! It goes on to say, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, my God, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. That's a military term. The Lord of hosts ha, shall perform this. Hakabashe. Ha. We ain't talking about a baby. <laughs> we ain't talking about a baby. Baby's just the form he had to come in. Because he operates by legalities. He operates by his word. And he does not veer off of it. And he said to have authority on this earth, you got to be born into this earth. You can't just, anybody that comes in through any other way is a thief and a robber. So he had to be born in here. And because he was... <laughs> My God, uh, we can have life because he was. I don't have to be bound anymore because he was. I can be set free from suicide because he was. I can be set free from addiction because he was. I can be set free. I don't have to be bound by what the enemy has done. His power has been stripped from him. Colossians tells us that, that he made an open show of the enemy. He went to hell and he said, give me those keys because that authority is mine. And the devil had to bow his knee. Don't think for one minute that he doesn't have to bow his knee when you speak to him too. 
Because he said, as I am in this world, so are you. Because he said, all authority in heaven has been given to me, and I give it to you. I have authority over the enemy. I have to speak it, though. I have to believe it, though. I have authority, and I can tell the enemy to back off, to get away from me, to get out of my life, get out of my home, get out of my church, get out of my marriage, get off my kids. I have the authority to do that. And we've been talking all morning about how we have to line my mouth up with the Word of God. You are in the decade of the mouth. There is creative ability in your mouth. And we're stepping in to the year of God. The year of God. You better line your mouth up with God. If we don't, we're going to see destruction. But if we will, we will see the salvation of the Lord. I believe it as much as I'm standing here right now. We've got to get it into us. It's got to become a part of us that we are not defeated. That we, we've got to get it, y'all. So, so, so long the church has been kind of just lulled to sleep in whatever it is that's been going on with us. But we got to wake up. We got to come out of that. And we got to start knowing that I have authority and I have power. And whenever I line myself up with God, I see things happen. Because when I line my mouth up with the devil, guess what? I see things happen. So either way, it's just which one do I want? Which one? I told you last week, and I believe this. I believe that this was from God, that the Lord has sent the angels, and he is binding up the tares. He will do that before the rapture of the church, and he is doing that right now. He's binding up the tares. There will be an uninhibited <laughs> harvest. There will be an uninhibited harvest. We will be able to reap that harvest without the offense of the tares. That's going on right now in the spirit realm. We just have to watch them get where they can't act. I didn't say they was going anywhere. They just can't act. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you that you were not a wee babe. A wee babe in a manger. They, we celebrate it. You know, I had some stuff about Mary and I got some stuff about Joseph. How they were tried. Mary and Joseph were tried before any angel ever came to anybody. They were tried. Do you think, really, that God is going to give the greatest assignment ever in human history to two people that weren't tried? 
come on. Joseph was a steward. That word carpenter means a builder of exquisite furniture or exquisite jewelry or mosaics or like a construction supervisor. He's building towns and cities and he was, yeah, and they believed that that is more what it was. He was not a poor little carpenter that built stools. This man had already been tried with filthy mammon, and he overcame. Because God says in his word that if you don't have any power over filthy mammon, how's he going to trust the true riches with you? So they already been tried. Mary was grown up in all her 13 years. <laughs> but her parents put it in her that one day a virgin is going to birth the king of all kings. That could be you. Keep yourself. Keep yourself with God. Keep yourself. Walk in obedience to him. Make sure that your life is his and no one else's. Make sure you don't give your heart to anybody but him. See, we tell our kids, that, oh, that boy's cute. You need to go after him. What? We tell our little girls, you can be anything you want to be. And you can. You live in the greatest nation right now. But what we should be telling them and teaching them is don't give your heart. Don't give your heart to anybody but God. He will send you who he wants you to be with. And keep yourself for him because he has a purpose for you. He put Mary on this earth for the purpose of birthing the son of the living God. You have a purpose also. The devil comes usually at conception. And he starts trying to wreak havoc on that call. He keeps trying to pull that purpose down because he's scared to death that you're going to obey God and be everything that God has called you to be. Because we're living in the last of the last days. We are in the last second of the last minute of the last hour of the last day. We are. And there's that huge harvest out there that's got to be reaped. And he's going to use each one of us. And whenever, if we rise up and be everything that we're supposed to be, the devil is going to lose. And he knows it. And so he's trying to shut you up. He's trying to get you bound up in his kingdom, in his world. That's what Genesis 3.15 said. There's going to be enmity. That means hatred. There's going to be hatred between you and the woman's seed. And the woman. Why do you think he's trying to shut us up? He hates all of you. He tries to make you think that his stuff's going to be fun. And it is for a minute. I'm not going to lie. But it don't last. Rebellion takes you further than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it makes you pay more than you want to pay. Amen. 
when all the time all I need to do is give myself to God. Develop relationship with God. Look to God instead of being so self-oriented. I'm supposed to be preaching Christmas. Hey, did y'all know that there was a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus? Can I just say God ain't tore up? He ain't tore up. There was a couple of Gentiles in there. She's one of them. Come on. God ain't tore up about this stuff. Religion gets all tore up about it. Religion wants to act like you've got to be right before you can be right. But Jesus ain't like that. He's not like that. He just wants relationship with you. And in that relationship with you, he will fix what he wants to fix. Amen. I, I do want to look at the Christmas story, and I'm going to skip like three or four pages. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to skip a bunch, actually. Thank you, Jesus. But in talking about Joseph and Mary, the one thing that is is um, cohesive about both of them is they walked in complete obedience. Obedience. Oh, my God, she's 13 or 14 years old, and an angel comes to her and says, you're fixing to have a baby. And she didn't argue with him. She just said, well, how is that going to be? Because I don't know. I don't know a man. And he's like, well, this is how that's going to be. And she said, yes, I'm your handmaiden because I know her father was a, he was a, um, a, a scroll scholar, which meant that he took care of the scrolls. So, so the word of God was his life. It was his livelihood. So I, he knew what Isaiah said. And he made sure his little girl knew what Isaiah said. And so when that angel come to her, it wasn't a total like <gasps> shock. So she said, quickly, be it unto me. I am your handmaiden. And everything you said, yes. Now, Joseph, he ain't been with Mary. He'd been at his father's house, building her a house, and going to work. And he hears that she's pregnant. What? I ain't been there. And legally, he could have had her stoned to death. But he was, the word says in, in Luke 1, it says that Joseph, Noah, Matthew, he says he was a just man. And that just is holy and innocent and righteous. So he was a good, merciful, kind, loving man that thought more of her than he did his own reputation. Because he was thinking he's just going to put her away quietly because he doesn't want any harm to come to her. After all, he loves her. But the angel comes to him in the sleep, when he's asleep, and he tells him, it's okay, you take her. He did not wait until he finished his coffee and his pancakes. He woke up immediately, and he took her out. 
he left with her immediately. So they both obeyed quickly. That's a characteristic of them. And it should be a characteristic of you and I. That we obey quickly. That we don't think, is that God? <laughs> oh my God, that means I'm going to have to step out in faith. Which is exactly what they did. They believed God. They believed Him. And they obeyed Him. And that really is our only requirements. Today, that's our only requirements. To believe Him. Well, in order to believe Him, I need to hear Him, right? I need to hear the written word and I need to hear the spoken word. So I've got to hear Him, believe Him, and obey Him. No matter what anyone else says or does. We're coming to the time when that is being put to the test. Amen. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 1. Nah, I think it's in 2 where I want to go. Yeah, let's go to chapter 2, verse 8. Because we know, we know the story, you know, there's a, they got to go to the town where they're from because David is of the house of David. David is of the house of David. Joseph is of the house of David. So he has to go to Bethlehem, which is also no coincidence. Bethlehem is the house of bread. Jesus says, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And he was born in the house of bread. Nothing is by coincidence. Nothing. Okay, let's read. Well, thank you, Jesus. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. <laughs> Woo! And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly, there was an angel. <laughs> there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Look at this right here where it says in verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel, I mean, it wasn't enough that an angel appeared in the heaven and scared the life out of them. I mean, they were sorely afraid. And he had to tell them, stop fear, stop fearing right now. It says, and then 
And then <laughs> with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts. A multitude is a huge, like, innumerable. All of a sudden, can you imagine you're out in the fields watching over the sacrificial lambs that were about to be sacrificed? <laughs> you see how everything is ordained? Everything is just like it's supposed to be. And all of a sudden, the heaven opens up, and this angel, who even knows how big this, who even knows? He said, I know you guys are the ones that are watching over the sacrificial lambs, but the real lamb of God was just born just a little ways away. And then all of a sudden, whoo! There is a multitude of the armies of heaven. That word host is military, and it means armies, soldiers. It's like the whole heavens, the sky just opened up, and every warring angel was standing at attention, <laughs> looking. At a little baby? No, they were saying, saying. Because their commander-in-chief had just been born. And the angels who had been with him for millennium, who even knows how long, they wanted to see the face of God, the face of God. And so these warring, y'all ever seen a warring angel? My Lord, one of them went and took out 180,000 people. I mean, that's what he did. He went. <laughs> They're pretty fearsome. But this host, the, the military of heaven, came to stand at attention because the king warrior had been born. <laughs> and we see a baby in a manger. He did come as the lamb of God. He did come as a suffering servant. But that is not who he is anymore. Y'all want to see who he is now? Ah! Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God that was slain for all mankind. Woo, Jesus. Verse 11. The book of Revelation is not scary. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus. It's not the revelation of the devil. It's the revelation of Jesus. And we get to see him who he is today and who he is fixing to come back as. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Have mercy on us. Okay, verse 11 says, Now I saw hmm, heaven open and behold a white horse, 
and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and he makes war. <laughs> ah! His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies, that heavenly host... <laughs> the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. What is a sharp sword? What is that sharp sword? The Word of God. The Word of God is powerful and it's living. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So with the Word of God, my goodness with the word of God, he will strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron, and himself treads the winepress, uh, the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he puts on his robe and on his thigh a name that is written King of Kings and Lord of of lords hallelujah that is who the heavenly host were coming to see the birth of their commanding officer <laughs> the king warrior hallelujah he is our savior that word savior means deliverer first and foremost and it means Savior and healer and preserver. But he is our deliverer first. We got to believe that he wants to deliver me. He wants to deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. That's what he came here for. To destroy the works of the devil. The devil is the one that gets us bound in poverty and sexual perversion and drug and alcohol abuse. The devil is the one that gets us bound in being a workaholic where you can't be with your family. The devil is the one that gets us bound in those things. And Jesus Christ bowed himself, humbled himself, so that he could come to this earth legally and deliver us from those things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And this year, yeah, we need to line our mouths up with him. My God, because the king of kings, I know he's already on the horse, y'all. I know, I know he's like, oh, God, let me go get him. Let me go get him. He wants to come get us real bad. He's ready for it. The Word talks about, I've been listening to a man named Chuck Missler, and he talks about how God has yearnings. There's yearnings in God, and you know what his yearning is? To be with you. That's the yearning of God. God yearns in his heart to be with you. And then whenever we, we do spend some time with him, we're, we're like, God, why don't you fix this? When are you going to fix Why aren't you going to do I'm, I'm guilty. When he yearns to be with us and all he wants is for us to sit at his feet and love him and tell him how wonderful he is and that he's my counselor. 
He is mighty God. You are the Prince of Peace. You are everlasting to everlasting. You are the faithful Father. There is none like you. Behold your glory. There is none that can compare with him. And he wants us to just love on him for a little while. And that's it. And he'll take care of all that stuff. Because he perfects the things that concern us when we concern ourselves with his kingdom. Because that's the kingdom that will never end. This kingdom that we know, my kingdom that I built up for myself, where I want everybody to bow down to me and serve me and be what I want them to be and think like I want them to think and act like I think they ought to act, that thing is crumbling. As we speak, it's crumbling because he is binding up the tares and will not be in that bundle. Hmm. <laughs> We'll not be in that bundle. We are wheat, heavy with fruit, heavy with the presence of God, heavy with his purpose, heavy with faith in him. Hallelujah. And that's what he's coming back. He said, when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? Someone that's just going to believe him, whether I feel it or I don't. Still have to believe that he is who he says he is, and that I am who he says I am, and I begin to act like he tells me to act. Hallelujah. That's the rest of the Christmas story. The Christmas story stops with that babe in swaddling clothes. And then in a couple of years, you know those, those wise men, they followed that star for two years. Two years before they found him. And then it all just kind of ends right there, you know, as far as the Christmas story goes. But that was the birth of the king. <laughs> that was the birth of my king. My king. The one who has me in the palm of his hand. If you have ever given your heart to Jesus Christ, he took a something and tattooed your name right there in the palm of his hand. And he has not ever let you go. I don't care what you did. I don't care how far you went away. I don't care what, I don't care what happened. He did not let you go. You are still right there in the palm of his hand. And the Holy Ghost is wooing you. And the Holy Ghost, he's sending things and sending people to you. And his spirit comes to you. And he woos you and he calls you and he says, just come back. Just come back to me. It's not hard. You just repent and you turn back to me. That's all you do. And his arms are open wide. They're open wide because his heart is for you. He came because of you. He came here because of you. He wants you more than he wanted heaven. He wants you more than he didn't want the cross. He wants you. 
And he didn't make it hard for us. He makes it real easy for us. The only hard thing is dying to myself and making my mind up that I'm going to serve you. I don't care what happens. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what things look like. I don't care what goes on around me. I'm going to serve you. That's all he wants is my whole heart because he gave me his whole life. And all he wants is my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sending us the greatest, most wonderful gift that could have ever been sent to a people. You sent us the deliverer. And I thank you for it, God. Thank you that he willingly came. He willingly left heaven and laid his life down for us. Thank you. I thank you for this Christmas story, God. Thank you. Thank you. Father, that you were not selfish, that you did not want to keep him for yourself, but you wanted to share him for us. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you. And if you've been away from the Lord, or if you don't know him, the altars are open. They're open. Just come running down. To this altar and meet the Lord of hosts. Meet the one who came and gave his life for you. And all he asks is for your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. He who In the secret place. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.